Hello and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. This is episode 42 and it's called Craft Bank. Hello, how are you all doing? I hope you're well. I hope you've had fabulous um, months of April. Um, as you can hear, I am absolutely full of cold. Um, I've been spending quite a lot of time with my niece Darcy. She's been coming over to do um, study ready for her final exams at school. And because she's such a caring, sharing, selfless kind of a girl, she's passed her cold to me um, and I picked it up a couple of days ago. So I am feeling rough and I am sounding rough. So off the top of the podcast, I'm going to apologise in advance. It may come out late. It may come out with minimal editing. Um, it's currently Thursday and it's due out tomorrow at 10 and clearly I'm, I'm running late. It's about half two in the afternoon now. So we'll see where I get to with it. You're either going to have a podcast or you're not. However, you know me, I'll do everything in my power to make sure it's out by 10 o'clock on, um, on Friday morning. But it, it might be a really bitty podcast as I have to stop to cough or blow my nose or you know, just catch my breath. So, like now. Right, I have a massive mug of coffee because I figured caffeine might just help me power on through this. Um, I've tried Limpset Max, just didn't even touch the sides this morning, so I figured I'll just go with caffeine instead. Caffeine and Tiffin. <laughs> I'll let you know how that works as a cold remedy or a cold pick-me-up. I think Tiffin's probably thing that will work best of all. So I may refer to my notes a little more than usual because I just have like brain fog. There's <laughs> there's very little going on up here in my um in my brain. There's not a lot of processing going on. Um so in this episode I have got an extra bit of an update on the um, Nipro yarn winder that I talked about last month, just because I've used it a bit more and I thought it would be interesting to tell you how I found it a month in. Um, a bit more on craft inclusivity. We've got the Perth Project Runway. I am so excited to share all of this news with you guys. Um, yeah, there's I'm I've got something really cool bubbling away and I want to introduce it to you today. Um there's also a final destination, en route, feeding the habit, quick news beats and j'adore. But because it's been quite a full on month of um been vending, it's one of the other reasons I'm a bit run down, is that I've done two weekends worth of vending with only two weeks apart. So a weekend, a weekend off and then a weekend in. And it's really, it's really knackering vending. Um, and because of that, it's a lot of time in the lead up to doing a show, the aftermath of doing a show, and then by the time I've unpacked one load of stuff, I'm repacking for the next time. So um, there's been very little actual craft time. However, those that are watching will see that I am finally wearing an Ezra sweater, so I'll be able to talk you through that. So just a quick thing about the podcast. It goes out. The first Friday of every month, um, pretty much. It always goes out on the Friday. Last year, if I've got a problem with YouTube, it might be a little bit later than um, the 10 o'clock in the morning, which is what I aim for. Um, I do show notes. They are at thecrochetcircle.podbean.com 
and um, I always provide links to them from the drop down box in YouTube. So if you're listening to this and you want a really quick way of getting to those show notes, because I looked at the stats today and most people are coming through the Apple app or Stitcher. Um, there's actually very few of you that are going through Podbean to listen. So it might be more difficult for you to trace where the show notes are. Just go straight to the YouTube um, channel, go to the latest video and in the drop down box I always put the show notes there and in there you will always find all of the photos that I'm talking about, all of the items that I'm talking about and I always do a direct link to any patterns that I'm referencing or any yarn shops or any yarns, it's always straight into the show notes because I don't do notes within the YouTube drop down so that's where to find all the good stuff and all the links to my Instagram, my Kofi account, everything, it's all in there. So last month I reviewed my new Knit Pro wooden um, ball winder, cake winder for yarn and I really loved it and I know that on the back of that a few of you have been and purchased it and are loving it as well. There does come a time where if you're caking up that much yarn the plastic ones just don't cut the mustard anymore in which case go to something better rather than just wasting you know part of your life on a rubbish piece of um, kit if you can afford it and um, so I thought I'd just come back at it again because it's a month in and I've caked up a lot more yarn since then um, and I thought I'd tell you if there were any negatives and also that I managed to really test its tolerance for the biggest um, cake of yarn <laughs> which is a whopper it's it's like almost the size of my head, this cake of yarn. Um, I got some yarn that I will talk about um, in Feeding the Habit from New Lanark. And it came in a massive hank of yarn. And so thought I thought I would test the tolerance of my new Nipro cake winder uh, to see how big it could go. And I took it to the point of near destruction where actually what happened was... The cake winder started adding almost like planetary rings to it. So rather than doing this lovely um, pattern that it does to make the cake of yarn, where it gives you a very even cake, it started almost just going in one diagonal direction. That was it. So it was really like having the rings of Saturn around my yarn cake. So I undid all of that and stopped it at the point where actually it was still forming a really nice cake of yarn. And it will take, this is four ply, and it's about um, 400 metres per 100 grams. But I could make a cake that was 350 grams, which is a massive. I don't know why I would want a cake that's 350 grams, but, my, you know, my inquisitive brain wanted to know how much I could get on um on a cake from this new winder. Now, there is no way that I could have created this on my old plastic one. It just wouldn't have taken that. It would have collapsed at the bottom. Um, it would have got tangled up in the mechanisms and the cogs of the plastic winder. So if for any reason you have larger hanks of yarn and you've been wondering how to cake it up, the Knit Pro will go up to about 350 grams of a four-ply. Um, and it's a really nice stable cake. And again, same as last time, it's not under a lot of tension. So I'm quite happy to have this sit here until I am ready to use it probably in the summertime. 
Um, what I did find is that because I like to wind up quite quickly, uh, because my time is precious and I don't want to spend longer at a cake winder than I need to, and for because with my old winder I used to go anticlockwise, um, like turning the mechanism anticlockwise, I found that that rotated. There's um, the nozzle that keeps the yarn up onto the stand rather than letting it fall down into the mechanism. And by going anti-clockwise, that actually fell off. But I don't think that's the fault of the ball winder at all. I think that is simply because I was turning it anti-clockwise rather than clockwise. And since then, I've only ever done it clockwise and I've not had that problem again. So not an issue with the ball winder, more an issue with my stupidity of turning it the wrong way. And it probably says only do it clockwise in the instruction manual. But yes, my love of my Nipro um, caker continues. And it is seriously massive. In the show notes, and it might be the front cover for the this episode as well, you will see that I'll put two beside. One is 100 grams and one is the 350. Because until you have it with something for size comparison, you would not believe the size of this cake of yarn. It looks like a Lego head, basically. It's shaped like the head of a Lego person. <laughs> Might have to draw eyes on it. Right, so that is that bit. All good. If you're in the market for it, then definitely I recommend the Nipro wooden one. So, quick bit on craft inclusivity. Um, the work that I'm doing on the open letter to yarn vendors and indie dyers and yarn shops is ongoing. But I don't want to go out with an open letter until I've actually got the resources there to do it. And that's going to take me well into next podcast and the podcast after. Because I want to put a call out to you guys at some point about who's interested globally in being part of a uh, sample crochet team. Uh, So there's a lot more work to do on that. And I'm not going live with it until actually... I can pass people some resources. It's not about beating people over the head with a crochet stick. It's actually about saying, there's an issue with the crochet inclusivity here. Here's how we can help you. Crochet Clan can help you to make sure that you're including crocheters as part of your setup. So more work to do on that, but I am on it. There's lots of stuff going on in the background with that one. Um... One of the things I definitely wanted to mention, and it's why this episode is called The Craft Bank, is I'm really proud of Lisa, who is Lisa underscore Raspberry Crochet on Instagram. She's gone from a place of seeing if anybody had seen the recent set of discussions about yarn pricing and pattern pricing on Instagram, to asking a question about it on a WhatsApp group, to actually in under 24 hours having done something about it, something tangible and action-based and what Lisa has done has created a group on Ravelry it's called the Craft Bank and there are two threads within that group one is about yarn and one is about patterns and the pattern one people are offering up whether they're designers that are offering up patterns for free or there are people that are offering up an amount of money towards patterns so it might be a £10 limit and people like Sophie are doing that for a six month period, one a month, and people have done it as a one off. Did designers have said that their stuff can be offered up, um, for free, you know, for a period of time. So, 
what that is allowing is making sure that crochet as a craft is inclusive. So if you are in a marginalised group or you're in a much lower income bracket, then actually you have got access to the same resources, hopefully, or you have got access to resources as everybody else. Um, and it's all done with the pattern side in particular. It's all done very privately, so you can just direct message the person in Ravelry. You don't have to be seen to putting your hand up and saying, I would really love that pattern, please. This isn't... This isn't a place where you need to be ashamed or made to or feel like you're going to be ashamed because you want that resource that somebody else is offering you. Um, so you can just go into that thread, DM the person directly and say, yes, please, I would love that passion that you are offering up. Likewise, with the yarn thread, um, what's happening is that people are destashing their yarns. They're seeing where they're from, whether that's US or um, the UK. They tend to be the two countries that are um, in there at the moment. But this was only set up the other day and people are already destashing their yarn and sending yarn out to people who can actually make use of it. That might be that there's a small fee on it or they're paying postage and packaging or it's completely free to them and it's been posted out to them. People are doing it on lots of different levels. But again, what it means is that through Lisa's group and the Craft Bank, she's creating access for all for our crafts and I think it's wonderful. So two things I would encourage. One, if you have got um, the means to be able to support somebody with a pattern or if you're a designer and you can... Um, support somebody through offering your designs for free or at a lower charge then great please do please go to the craft bank and show that off if you've got yarn maybe you're an indie dyer or you are de-stashing then please look at that thread as a means to offering up um, yarn to your fellow crafters that aren't in the same financial position that you're in um, I love this idea of access for all for crafters um so if you go and take a look it's in Ravelry it, the group is called the craft bank and I, th I think it's brilliant what Lisa's done and the speed at which she's done it um from my end I by the end because we're coming into a bank holiday weekend so by the end of Monday these are the actions I'm going to take personally as a designer to make sure and uh somebody with a sizable stash to make sure that I'm also helping with access for all for crafters is that um, all of my electronic patterns and it has to be stipulated to electronic because printing costs <laughs> rather a lot of money it's not a cheap way of getting patterns out there so on my electronic patterns on my website I am going to have a payment scale for my patterns um, usually they are £4 at the moment and what I'm going to do is scale them from 2 to £6 so you can pay 2 3 4 5 or £6 for my pattern and you pay what you can afford. So I will do that for all of my electronic patterns that are single base patterns. That will be done by Monday evening. Um, I will have added um, giveaway patterns into the craft bank thread. I'm going to try and do that at the beginning of the weekend because we're on a bank holiday weekend. And if the podcast has come out, then it's, you know, over the weekend, there's much more um, 
usage of Ravelry, so I'm hoping that by the weekend people will actually be going on there and sending me messages to receive patterns. Um, and I also intend on adding some de-stash yarns. And it might be that I just drip feed them in little by little because of the postage costs. I want to be able to pass them out to people in the UK and pay for postage. So um, it might be that I just take a shelf at a time and work out if there's anything on that shelf that I don't want anymore that I can pass through for um, somebody else to make use of. So I will be adding stuff into the de-stash um, part of the yarn thread in the craft bank as well. Um, so if you too want to take part in it, please do. And by that I mean one, gener um, like giving stuff up and also making use of it. There is no shame in this. People want to share their craft and people want to be able to support their fellow crafters. So if you are in that position, please, please, please go and make use of the craft bank. It can be done very anonymously, if that's what you wish. Well done, Lisa. <laughs> I just think it's a brilliant thing to have done that is tangible and can genuinely help people and already has been. People are already receiving um, yarn on the back of the craft bank. It's really good. Right, the next bit is called Perth Project Runway. On the 7th and 8th of September, I am going to be vending at the Perth Festival of Yarn. On the back of the discussions last month after the podcast, when I was saying about um, festival organisers being more crochet content orientated, um, I was having conversations with Ava, who runs the festival. They are already doing rather a lot for crochet anyway, but we got into discussions about what more could be done. And... Um, one of the ideas is to make sure that we've got more crochet going down their runway. On the Saturday night, they are having a gala dinner, and as part of that gala dinner, they're having a fashion th show through as a runway as part of the entertainment. So you can see the yarns that are available at the festival, and you can see some of the designs that are there as well. Now, I know that she's already got a shawl that's going through it with one of the yarn um, vendors and she didn't want another shawl and that's great because we've got loads of crochet shawls out there it's you know it's one of the main things that people tend to make and there are some great contemporary ones there and so what Ava asked is whether we could put a crochet garment down the runway and you see how I'm using the word we <laughs> and my immediate reaction was well yes we can do that and then I thought well I, re I really want to engage the crochet clan on this. I don't want to just choose a pattern. So, I need your help, please. I really would like you guys to give me suggestions for contemporary crochet garments. I want to send something down the runway that makes everybody in that room go, that's, that's, that's crochet. <laughs> I want I want them to be wowed. I want them to see crochet in a totally new light. So what I would really like is for you folks to give me suggestions on crochet garments that I could crochet up. So the yarn that I'm going to use is a new base that Bernie from Bearden Sheep's Clothing is about to launch. 
She's launching. Sorry, I have a massive sneeze. No, maybe. Sorry. Bernie's launching this new yarn base at Woolen in Dublin in June. Woolen Yarn Festival. And I saw on her Instagram feed maybe about four weeks ago and was immediately typing, going like, what is this? I need some of this in my life because it looks incredible. It is 50% Corridale, so soft, 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 squishy. Corridale is a lot like Merino, particularly when it is non-superwash. Fibres are slightly flyaway, it's very airy, it's very lofty, it's very fluffy and it's beautiful. And it's also going to be 50% mohair. Beauty of mohair is that it gives you real strength and it's also got the halos. It can give a slight silkiness to it and you get the drape with that as well. So whatever garment I make with this amazing blended fibre is going to be soft, fluffy. Um, it's going to have a halo, silky, drapey. It is just beautiful for garments. It's a four ply, it's about 395 metres per 100 grams, which is a light fingering weight. And I've spoken to Bernie about me getting maybe five to 600 grams from her and picking that up at Woolen. And she's potentially going to do a custom dye for me as well. So the colour... Um, Bernie is also potentially going to do a custom dye for me um, so the colour that I'm looking for is quite a dark sagey greeny blue you know when you look at the underside of a spruce tree at Christmas so your Christmas tree and it's got that greeny bluey almost lavender it's got purpleiness to it as well I'm not doing very well at describing this colour but you know exactly the colour I mean if you've ever looked at the underside of a spruce tree. That's the colour that I have asked Bernie to dye for me and she is on it. With that in mind, what I would love, love, love is for you to add comments either into Podbean or you can message me on um, crochet underscore circle underscore podcast on Instagram or um, leave me a comment on YouTube and give me the pattern name and the designer. Hopefully then I will have loads of suggestions which I can then pull into a bundle on Ravelry so you can all then have this contemporary crochet bundle to go and look at. And then from that what I would like to do is pull out the three to five maybe designs that I really love that I would want to um one hook up two wear down runway because i might be modeling it and three wear after the event as well i want something that is modern contemporary that i want to be able to pop on with a pair of jeans and like a pair of slip-on pumps as well something that is comfortable but contemporary and really without wishing to be rude or offend anybody if you know me, you know that I am not a fan of the granny stitch or the granny square. So please don't give me a suggestion for them because I just 
it just, I just won't want to make them and I don't want to offend you. I'm looking for something that's really quite different that people haven't seen with crochet before. Preferably straight crochet rather than Tunisian because um, my timelines are quite short on this. But I let's wow them. <laughs> let's show Perth Festival of Yarn and Instagram and everybody else what crochet is capable of and I really want you to be part of this journey. When I get down to the final three kind of three four five designs that I would be happy to crochet up what I am then going to do is put it out to the public vote and I will pop it up on Instagram and you will get your say and whichever way you vote that is the garment that I will make. So what we shove up the runway, shove. That sounds awful. What I shove up the runway. <laughs> what I adorn myself in and glamorously walk up the runway with um, is what you will have chosen for me. I will do the short list from our longer list and then you choose what I actually create and wear down the runway. In Bernie's beautiful, beautiful new yarn base. I'm so excited about this. And I love the idea that you can all be involved in it as well. And we will get it across Instagram. And I'll try and get loads of people to share it as well. And really get engagement on this. So we're pushing this idea that crochet is contemporary. <laughs> I'm, I'm ridiculously excited about this. So watch this space. You've got until this time next month to... Um, get back to me with pattern ideas and designers and then um, I'm going to pop it out on Instagram as well maybe across all three of my accounts because I would really like to make this a big thing and get people involved and get designers involved if you're a designer and you've got something that is worthy of being taken down the catwalk at Perth Festival of Yarn big yourself up this is your opportunity um, let push yourself as a designer tell me that it should be your design that I'm taking down the catwalk right I'm going to stop on that one and blow my notes so moving on to finished objects I'm wearing it my one and only finished object for this month which is kind of ridiculous because I actually finished it at the very beginning of the month I think podcast went out on the Friday and I finished this on the Sunday um, as we were driving around Scotland. So the audio mo might go a little bit quieter for a moment as I step back to show off my Estia sweater. There we go. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Before I put it on, like every time I put it on, I look at it and I think, I'm going to rip you back, I don't like you. Um, I feel like the decreases can be a bit obvious um, I did make extra long arms which is really quite nice but I feel like every decrease round you can see a difference in the arms which I'm less keen on and if anybody else was thinking about making a garment using linen stitch which may also be referred to as tweed stitch or moss stitch for crochet I honestly would think twice about it because it's quite an open textured um, fabric and when you get down to the bottom of the jumper it's got quite a lot of weight hanging off it 
and I think it just opens up the texture quite a lot more at the bottom than it is at the top. So I would just be a little bit wary of that, um, particularly if you're doing it in a bigger size because then you've got even more weight pulling it down. But then what happens, like I said, I look at it and I think, oh, I might rip you out. And then I put it on and look in the mirror and I go, oh, I really like you. Why did I ever think of ripping you out? And I particularly like the the yoke, which has got like a, um, a set of brioche stitches to it. So it's really quite nice and detailed, but it is quite a lot of bulk that is sitting on the top of my chest. But... I still love the colour choices that I made. Um, generally, I think it normally brightens my face up as well because of the, it's like a mid-blue with a hint of um, kind of tealy, greeny blue in it. Um, so that's quite a good colour for lighting my face up, but less so when I'm absolutely full of a stinking cold. Um, I just look pale and washed out today. But it's, it's going to get a lot of use. I'm probably not going to wear it as something that is like getting dressed up or feeling really fancy and but I've, I wore it to spring into wool when I was vending on the first day um had like nice comments on it but um yeah it's it's a decent jumper I was just so pleased to get it off my hook by the end of it I was done with that I was fully baked with this project it just felt like it went on forever and ever and ever um, which usually linen stitch feels a bit faster, but it was a lot of tedious crochet after you split for the yoke, and it didn't seem to be as fast as knitting a stocking stitch in the round. That seemed to go more quickly than doing the linen stitch. Just didn't feel like I was progressing particularly quickly. Um, so I still need to write up my notes for this in, in Ravelry, which I will do. Um... And I will put some pointers in there for anybody else looking at doing it because I did change my sleeves and I've taken notes of all of that. And I've got some really quite accurate measurements in, and weights for it as well. So I will pass all of that detail on and let you know. But for now, pretty pleased with it. I won't rip it out. I have ripped out a few other things recently. I just got to a point when I looked at things that were in my wardrobe. I'm not waning and I want to reclaim the yarn so I ripped out a top, a linen top that I'd knitted and I ripped out my calm cowl which I did for one of our Christmas Eve cast-ons, not last year but the year before um, because I really love, I used Fjord Fibres, sock fibre for that and I wasn't wearing the cowl and I know that I will make socks out of Jilly's, Gilly's um, yarn and make better use of it so I've just been on like a little ripping out spree. Um, not quite Marie Kondo style, but just if you're in my wardrobe and I haven't worn you for a while, then time to go. Time to refresh and rethink what I'm doing with my crafting. So, one is just wet her a finway toad. Pretty pleased with it. Could be happier with it. There are elements I'm less happy with, but like I say, I'll pop all of that into the Ravelry thread. Um, project page and I'll add some close-up photos so you can see what it is that I am referring to and I can see why she didn't do decreases in the body Um, it's because they're very obvious when you do do it but what that means is if you don't do the decreases 
this jumper will 100% just hang straight off your chest like a massive tent especially if you you're big busted like I am um so it's it's been a really popular pattern just make sure it's exactly what you want to make before you start making it because it uses a lot of yarn up and I mean a lot um what else have I done that's pretty much it I've also plopped down a little macrame rabbit hole which I was happy to do because I can make something in an hour and it's a nice little quick finished object but I might show you some of that later on because I've been playing with some hand spun yarn from macrame as well to see how that works and it works pretty nicely so maybe at another point I will show you that um, I'm going to move on to en route can't really show you anything here either <laughs> pathetically um, but that's not because I haven't been doing stuff it's because one I've been working up another <laughs> people call a seam shawl but I've been doing it for Kate, who owns Northern Yarn in Lancaster. It's her third par birthday party tomorrow, Friday. And she wants to have more crochet in her shop. And I said I would help her with that. One of the things that she's doing for her third birthday party is having some of her pull dorset um, yarn, which is local to her. She's having that dyed by an indie dyer. It's a floor four ply yarn. And um, I managed to, the Indidar gave me two skeins of it to make Doppio Coliseum ready for tomorrow night. So I can't show you it because Kate isn't showing it off until tomorrow night at the party. And then I'll be able to show it to you as an FO next month. But it's gorgeous. It's very, it's very spring-like. <laughs> um, and it's a great Indidar as well. So I'm, I'm well chuffed that there's been this nice little... And kind of triangular equation working on this and I'll be up there doing a pop-up tomorrow night so it'll be nice to see people's reaction to her new yarn and to crochet so when I'm editing this podcast I'm going to be finishing up on that um, Doppio Coliseum and me trying to get it blocked before tomorrow afternoon before I head up to Lancaster could be interesting it might be um I might have it lying out on the back of the car with all the windows down going up the motorway <laughs> to try and get a bit of breeze going over it and uh, blocking it, getting it completely dry before the birthday party starts. Um, so there's that. So there's that. And then the other thing that I'm working on is my Calisp sweater, which I spoke to you about last podcast. But there's nothing much to show you. I'm using the 80% Romney, 20% Cordedale British Breeze blend that I got from um, John Arban Textiles at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Pretty much went straight onto my needles. It's a knitted project and I've maybe got 10 centimetres done so far and I've got quite a lot more so there's no point in showing you because it's just some stripy round knitting. Um, I'll show you when I've got it a little bit further up, maybe broken for the arms because it's got an interesting construction. And I want to have that done for the Enjoma Arbin open weekend at the mill, which I'm vending at for two days. So I would really love to be stood there wearing their British Breeds mix and um, the Canisp sweater would just be uh, lovely. And Katie Green is also doing a pop-up at the mill for two days. And she's also working on a Canisp sweater. So we might be stood side by side, the pair of us, 
in um, canis sweaters in John Arbin Textiles yarn. So <laughs> that would be really quite nice. Um, if anybody's interested in coming to that, I've added a link into the show notes. You have to book for it because it gets really busy. But it's an amazing day out if you can do it. The Sunday is generally a bit quieter than the Saturday. They have lots of yarn on sale. You can go and do a little tour of the mill. It's well worth it. It's the first weekend in June. So if you're down that part of Devon or can get to it from Cornwall or Dorset or Somerset or wherever you are, definitely worth it. And you'll get to come and see me and come and see Katie and Sonia and everybody else and come and say hello. Yeah, so that's it for En Route. Um, hopefully I'll have some more to show you next next month when things have calmed down a little bit from vending um, but vending is all encompassing and it just sucks all of your days, hours everything just goes into vending and the pre-prep so I don't get half as much um, crochet time as I'd like when I'm busy with vending so we're on to en route <laughs> That was a bit I am Groot <laughs> on Root. <laughs> um, no, we're not. It's feeding the habit, isn't it? I've just done on Root, haven't I? It's feeding the habit. I told you, there's nothing going on up here. Like, nothing is functioning. Right. on Not on Root. It's not on Root. It's feeding the Frickin' habit! Uh. Feeding the habit. I'm going to tell you all about feeding the habit now and what I have got. Feeding the habit, feeding the habit, feeding the habit. So, first up in feeding the habit is the yarn that I bought from New Lanark um, Mill. New Lanark is southeast of. Sorry, itchy nose. Southeast of Glasgow, and it's a place that I first visited maybe about 22, 23, 24, 25 years ago when I was a conservation student. And we went to look at it because it's a really beautifully kept estate. It's got hydropower, it's got amazing woodland, and also the mill used to be a cotton mill and it was run by somebody who had four. four their day, a more philanthropic take on how a workforce should be educated and have access to a doctor and have days off and have better working hours and just keep your workforce happy and basically you will have better production, less downtime. Um, And so it's an interesting site to go and visit. I've added a link into New Lanark Mill in the show notes for you to have a look at. It's a very interesting place. And what they still do is spin wool there today and they get Scottish wool in and spin and spin it on site. And I said probably a couple of months ago, I knew I was going to visit, and I said when I was there I wanted to pick up a jumper's quantity of wool from New Lanark. Um, because this is going to be this year's birthday jumper. Most likely knitted rather than crocheted because it's got quite a low twist on it and um, I just think its potential to split is greater with crochet than with knitting. So um, when I got into the shop, which is massive, 
um, and it does a lot more than just wool. But when I got into the shop, there was a huge hank of yarn in one of the corner baskets. And um, it was ridiculously low price. It was only £22.50. So I checked with the lovely lady at the register and said, is this, is this right? This feels too cheap for the amount that's there. Um, because she thought it was about 250 grams and I thought it was more. And she said, no, that's it. That's what the price is. Um, so I bought it because even for 250 grams, that was a really good um, price. But when I got it home, it was 450 grams, which it did actually say on the label. I just wasn't reading it correctly. So I got 450 grams jumper's weight for £22.50 of Scottish grown and Scottish spun wool. 100% wool. So absolute bargain. Um, So I don't quite know what... I've got my own a couple of patterns for this. But um, this is definitely this year's birthday jumper. With my massive cake of yarn. Um, And then... And then, what else did I have? I had a little sneaky, unexpected parcel come through the door from Tanya, who is um, TJ Frog. And Tanya sent me one of her bags to say thank you for vending at Edinburgh Yarn Festival with her. She did not need to do this because I had an absolute ball vending with her. I loved it. But one of the things that Tanya does is prints um, her actual made dorset buttons, has them printed in Scotland onto linen and made into project bags in Scotland as well. So a very Scottish affair given that she also uses... Um, indie dye yarn from a Scottish dyer which is Helen at Ripples Craft makes the dorset button then has it printed and then has it made in Scotland and she brought um, the one that I'm showing up out at Edinburgh and I let there was an audible oh, that's a new one I love that one and I just I really do it's very like you'd have to know it was a dorset button it's just it's got, just got such a beautiful print on it um, with the round buttons and just the spacing of it, everything about it is really lovely. And so, um, yeah, lucky me, Tony sent me this through. Even luckier me, though, because that as if that wasn't enough, it came with three skeins of yarn inside it. So she sent me three 50-gram skeins of her Dorset Down Shearling wool, which is from the 2018 clip. It's a semi-worsted spun wool in... Um, Scotland and Dorset Down is one of the rare breeds um, and it's an Adam weight yarn 80 metres for 50 grams and it's got a real like it's got density to it it's got a lovely twist a density and it's such a lovely clean cream colour it's not you know some creams have got that butteriness to them this isn't this is a real clean cream colour to it and it's beautiful and it's her shorelines and strata wool and it's called chalk I'm looking forward to having a play with this because I was I was squidging it on her stand eyeing it up so I'm I'm a very fortunate person <laughs> to have three of these into my stash and a really beautiful bag so thank you Tanya this was not expected at all I just um where had it been? I think it was just after spring into wool and I came back absolutely shattered and this lovely little parcel was waiting for me. Complete surprise. 
and it's a great size for um like a jumper size i wonder if my massive cake of yarn from new lanark will fit in there i think it probably will so last weekend i was at um wonderful wheels which is one of my absolute favorite shows to vend at and one of the things that really make a show great is when you've got great neighbours and I was moved this year um, so I was in a slightly different location, just one row over um, but that's because I took a bigger stand which is quite exciting, you know, when you can actually make that move to take a bigger stand, it shows that your company is going in the right direction, so I was very pleased to be having a bigger stand at Wonderful Wales, but that meant new neighbours, so I wasn't I wasn't beside my old buddies, Sheila and, uh, and Laura, but I still got to see them, which is good. So my new neighbour is a really lovely lady called Helen, and she has a company called Nelly and Eve. And Helen specialises in bulky weight um, hand-spun for, like, big um, knitting and crochet projects. And she also does a lot of plant-based dyeing which um, is beautiful in its own right. But I think when you have plant-based dyeing and you see all of the different bases put together on a stand for display, you get a real harmony between the colours and it just works. In part because it tends to not be as vibrant as acid-dyed yarns, so there's a real subtlety to it. And I saw Helen as she was setting up and you always have a little bit of a chit chat. How are you doing? This is my name. This is what I do. But it's not until they finish setting everything up that you get a real feel for somebody's stand and what it is that they are representing. And Helen's stuff was beautiful. Like just a lovely set of boards and ladders with all of her stuff out and her colours. Just total harmony from one side of the wall to the other. They were beautiful and um, as with New Lanark as well actually we got into discussions about crochet and um, Helen doesn't currently have any um, crochet samples on her stand but she really wants to but she's not she's not really a crocheter and so I said that I would most happily buy um, some of her yarn and crochet up a design in it it might be a long time coming, it might be next year, it might be Wonderful Wheels next year before I'm able to share anything on this. But I was so enthused by her yarn bases and her colours. And they are right up, I mean they're so similar to my Ezra sweater, it's ridiculous. And so similar to the Canis sweater colours that I'm using. I'm very much into these soft, sagey, green, greeny teals at the moment. Um, this one is called Juniper. And the base is 75% Blueface Leicester, 25% Mid-Brown Massam. Two of my favourite breeds to work with. They're soft, um, you get a slight sheen with them as well, but you still got all of these flyaway fibres, and that's what I love to work with. It's got real character working with this kind of yarn wool. And, um, yeah... It was just really nice to come across somebody who's a kindred spirit 
Helen is very much ethical in her thinking. She was really into what I was doing and the provenance factor and being very clear and open with where all of my goods come from. She'd been watching my blocking videos online, was really appreciative of like some of the free content that I put up and the fact that I'm trying to up people's skills as crafters and just generally give guidance where I can on the bits and pieces as I'm learning it. So there was a real meeting of minds between Helen and I um, during Wonderful Wheels. And as I said in the last podcast, I'm not there to beat people about the head for not having crochet. If I can support them and do something to get crochet on their stand, I will do it. And so with that in mind, that's why... It's not why, I mean, I would have wanted to buy this anyway, but... Um, that's why I'll be working on a design with Helen stuff and I've already like the design idea is already in there formulating prodding away Um, I want to do something that's really quite an open structure with this so yeah watch this space in about I reckon in about six months time when life has just calmed down a little basically I'm going to get to mid-September and collapse after my last festival and vending I've got six more to go after this weekend so I've got eight more to go as I stand now after this weekend I'll be down to six more and then I will get back into design mode <laughs> which is where I really want to be to be honest Um. so yeah that's all the yarn that I've had incoming this month and then when I got back from Wonderwall Wales there was a package, another package that was totally unexpected and if you have watched the all of the podcasts, then you may remember my reference to this book. It's called Crochet Workshop, and it's by a gentleman called James Walters. And I think it's probably coming up two years ago that I referenced this book, because I found a copy of it at... Um, there's always a second-hand books, craft bookseller at Woolfest, and that's where I found this one. And I just loved it. You know, he sat there crocheting this guy with his pipe. And I was told at the time that this was a really good reference book um, and that it's one of the sort of major crochet books from its time. And I think, was it published in... It was £6.95 in its original um, day and it was published in 1979, first print run. So... My brain won't do that. That's 40 years ago, isn't it? It's a 40-year-old book, and I was told that it was always thought of as one of the prominent um, crochet books. So this just turned up at my house with a lovely note inside from Edwin, who is um, Crazy Cat Crochet. So thank you for this. He had sent me a message ages ago saying, if I ever see this book for you, I'll get it for you and send it to you. And and then it just appeared at my house. So thank you for that. It's a really good resource. He covers all sorts of stuff, um, even down to um, when you're doing colour work, how to hold your separate yarns in a box. This is the kind of book with the kind of details. He talks about radius. If I was writing a book on crochet, this is the kind of book that I would... I would write, it's really thorough and detailed, it's brilliant. Um, so I'm looking forward to maybe Sunday, Monday when I'm trying to do a bit of um, chilling out a bit for a couple of days this weekend. Um, and I'm hoping to be able to give this a proper 
look through. So thank you, Edwin. This is greatly appreciated. Because I think when I found it in Woolfest, they wanted something like £25-£30 for it. It just it just felt really excessive and I couldn't afford it. And um, so I have no idea how much you paid for it. I really hope it wasn't that amount, although it's worth it. But thank you, really appreciate it. It's just weird coming home to goodies as well from both festivals when I didn't I didn't know that there were goodies coming to me. Right. We're on to quick news beats. I'm gonna refer to my notes here because I've got a few bits and pieces. Um first up are the winners from last month's podcast and the people that um came back with what your crafting goals are for twenty nineteen. And there were loads of you. Colourwork, crochet and Tunisian, I think, were the two big things that you folks want to be working on. That was like a really couple of prominent things. Um, and I keep on saying this to people. Tunisian crochet is coming. Colourwork crochet is coming. Like, don't... You know, that they seem to be the two big things that people really want to work on. So it's interesting to see that born out in the threads and, and what you were telling me you want to work on. So here is who has won what. Um, the Ziggy Interrupted Scarf Pattern, which was donated by lovely Sandra Cherry Hart, is actually going to Tamara. <laughs> Hello, Tamara. Um, yeah, well done. You, you've you got that pattern coming to you. It was lovely to see your name coming up in the... Um, I did random number generator from the YouTube comments. There were no comments on Podbean, so it was all on YouTube, which made my life quite a lot easier. Um, and then three of you are winning copies of The Annual by John Arbin Textiles, and I will be providing them with your addresses, and Sonia will send them out to you. So those three winners were Lynette Wicks, or Wikes, but I think it's Wicks, and Victoria Lund, Wendy Burnett. <laughs> so you will all get those copies. I've been in touch with everybody already and I've asked you for your addresses or to ping me a message on um, on email. I did it this morning and got in touch with you all via YouTube. And then three people winning a pattern of their choice of mine um, are Janet Pingree, Wolfgirl81 and Claudia. So this isn't Claudia as in Crucial Luna podcast. This is somebody else on YouTube that is just called Claudia. But again, I've already been in touch with you. So, if you are Tamara, Lynette Wicks, Victoria Lund, Wendy Burnett, um, Janet Pingree, Wolfgirl, 81 or Claudia, you are all our winners. Well done. Please get in touch with me so that I can get prizes out to you. And thank you to um, Sandra Cherry Hart for her pattern and to John Arvin Textiles for giving us three copies of the annual to hand out which has been very well received and some of you have already quickly whipped up um, versions of Drusilla, one of which is Tamara actually. Um, so it's lovely to see those shawls coming out to, out to play. <laughs> I'm just so proud when people like my designs and actually make them. It just, I feel a bit like <laughs> girly and just silly about it because it just feels a bit weird as well, but proud as well. Right, next. Um, Kofi, thank you. 
I was bowled over by the support on the Kofi account and people continuing to support it. I cannot tell you what a difference it makes um, to be able to run things like the Global Hookup and to do exactly what it's in part set up to do. So on Sunday or Monday, I am going to go and sit in a nice cafe in Sandbach and I'm going to have a coffee, possibly a slice of cake, and it's because of you guys. I will take that time out and sit and craft because you've bought me a coffee. So thank you very much for that. It is greatly appreciated. Thank you also to everybody that has liked, commented, shared stuff on Instagram. The free things make as big an impact, I have to say. So if you're not able to support the podcast through Kofi, just leaving a comment on YouTube, sharing something on Instagram. This goes for all of my fellow podcasters. It makes us visible in the algorithm. And by making us visible in the algorithm, it shares the podcast with more people and it widens our community and it makes it more diverse. And that can only be a good thing. So even if you can't support myself or fellow podcasters through Kofi, then doing that simple thing of spending a little bit of your time to hit the like button or leave a comment has a massive, massive effect. And I can tell you that because if you look at the number of comments I've got this month and the number of hits before I've even put the next podcast out, that's because of your comments. That's because it's hitting the algorithms and that then makes YouTube go, oh, they really like this one. I'll put it out to more people as a suggestion. That's how it works. It's the same with Instagram. So hitting the like and commenting has a massive, massive effect. And I thank you for doing that because it really helps to promote the podcast. Um, Global Hookups in May are on Saturday the 11th of May at 8 o'clock British summer time. And on Sunday the 12th of May at 9am British summer time. I'm seeing British summer time repeatedly because the whole clock changer thing just and mashes my head up and last month although it was British summertime I put um Greenwich Mean Time down GMT instead oh just it does my head in I would rather we just had one set of times and that was it so Saturday 8pm BST Sunday 9am BST it was lovely to have so many of you in for the last set of global hookups and we had our first fella in um, on the Sunday morning one. So, hi, Andy. Nice to have you in. And Amy, it was nice to have you in as well. And Andy said something that made me want to just like, reiterate this. The global hookups are for everyone. And Andy hasn't previously participated because he, as a male, didn't want to invade something that he thought might be seen as a female space. Um, Not to be gender specific about it, but I'm just using male and female for the example. Um, And the point is that the global hookups are for everybody. Um, So I made it quite clear to Andy that everybody is welcome. And I would hate to think that there are other people out there that would want to participate but don't want to come into that space for whatever reason. It's 
a very welcoming space and everybody is welcome. Um, Amy was in it on the Saturday night. She kept her audio off and her video off and then saw what we were about and then came into the session on the Sunday morning and was happy to have audio on and video on. So, you know, that's really nice. If you're not sure if it's for you, you've got that option and then if you want to, you can come and join us even part way through the session. It's totally up for you if you just want to be part of a crafting group but not communicating as part of the group. You're just welcome to come on in as a very, I think, safe space for you to come and craft in. Um, what else is there? On the 20th of May, I am recording the interview with Lindsay, who is from Phoenix Occupational Health. I spoke about this a couple of podcasts ago. So you've still got time to get more questions in about how you should crochet, about your own crochet um, style, where you should set how many breaks. If you've got any questions on um, like the physicality of crafting and making sure that you're doing it properly so that you're not having a detrimental effect on your physical being, then ask away because Lindsay and I are meeting up on the 20th to actually do the recording. Um, and then that most likely won't come out until about July time just because of other um, time constraints that I've got. But that one is um, rolling on and we will be recording. So get your questions in if you have any. And then a final quick news beat is... Some of you will know her on Instagram, Catherine. Catherine is the lady with many, many cats. Um, and it's Catherine's 50th birthday on Sunday. Catherine is wonderful. She's been part of the Crochet Clan for a very long time. And she's just a genuinely lovely, lovely total honey pie. Um, so happy birthday, my lovely. She's been a bit like HRH about it. And her birthday actually started last week. And I suspect it's going to be going on well into the summer. She's going to have like multiple birthday days. Um, and she'll be, you know, waving with that stately wave. Um, but yeah, happy 50th, my lovely. I hope you have a great day on Sunday. And finally, we are on to J'adore. I have a new podcast for you to go and check out. It is by a lovely lady called Kalisha. You might know her from um, Instagram as at Nadira Tani. Uh, and she has got the Quirky Monday Craftcast. I have done quite a few of her episodes now and she's got 80 plus of them for you to go and have a look at. She seems to record roughly once a week. Um, and she is predominantly a crocheter but she's also a sewer and a knitter and general crafter she does a bit of everything um, and she is on YouTube I've provided links in um, in the show notes my, my brain is going she, I've provided links in the show notes and also a link to her Instagram account as well. She's based in um, Florida. So it's just interesting to see somebody who um, has got very different weather to what we have in the UK. And she quite often podcasts from outside just in lovely Floridian weather. Quite jealous. Um, you may have heard her referenced on um, Hannah's podcast as well, which is um, Cozy Cottage Crochet. Um, yeah, check her out. Really nice podcast. Lovely, upbeat, happy, shiny, shiny, lovely person. Um, 
so please check out Quacky Monday Craftcast. And that is it. I am done. I'm going to go and blow my nose. Maybe have the biggest news of my life, which is what I've been trying to do all podcast. Um, and I shall be back. Like I say, if the podcast has been delayed at all, or the editing is a bit crap this time round, um, apologies. But just I have got total fog. My nose is just full of sherbet, and there's just so little brain capacity going on at the moment. That said, I will be doing my damnedest to get it out at some level. Um, right, until Friday the 7th of June. Lovely to have spent some time with you. I hope you all have a fabby month. And for those of you that have got a bank holiday weekend, enjoy that. Enjoy um, May and all it has to offer. See you soon. Bye-bye. Je suis un snot fest.